Father God, we come before you this morning just to be in your presence. I just ask that you fill this place up. We just invite you here. I thank you that your word says where two or more of us are gathered that you're here with us. I just ask that you touch each person that's here today, each person who's watching, and, and just let a spirit of peace rest over him, Father. I ask you to bless Terry as he brings the word day today, and I ask you to bless the music in the name of Jesus. Amen. <coughs>
change you on the inside and make <laughs> you a different person. No one can do that but God. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm so glad that he did that for me. Hallelujah. So we're going to worship him this morning because he is good and he is worthy of Amen. our praise. Hallelujah. No matter the circumstances in this life, maybe you didn't get your way on the election day. Boo-hoo. God is still God. And Amen. Still hallelujah. hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. I want to read you. Psalms 104. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. You cover yourself with light as a, with a garment. You stretch out the heavens like a curtain. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom. You have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. This great and wide sea in which are innumerable teeming things, living things, both small and great. These all wait for you, that you may give them their food in due season. What you give them, they gather in. You open your hand and they are filled with good. You hide your face and they are troubled. You take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. You send forth your spirit, and they are created. And you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. Hallelujah. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Yes. He looks on the earth, and it trembles. He touches the hills, and they smoke. <laughs> and I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. And I will sing praise to my yes. God while I have my being. Yes. My meditation, may my meditation be sweet to him. <laughs> and I will be glad in the Lord. Hallelujah. This morning, that's what we're going to do. We're going to sing to the Lord. We're going to rejoice in Him because He is worthy of praise and glory and honor. Hallelujah. And we got a new grandbaby. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Miraculous girl born to Granny Judy. 21 years. 21 years of waiting. For those who wait, good things come. Amen. So, Lord, this morning, we choose to worship you. You are God. You are glorious and wonderful. You clothe yes. everything with your majesty. Hallelujah. you are God. And Thank we you, choose Jesus. to worship you this yes, morning. Sir. Yes, We choose to worship you, even if our circumstances in life may be, yes. may be a struggle. Yes. You are still God. And Amen. Still Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, if everything is going great, Hallelujah. we choose to worship you. Yes. If Thank you, Jesus. If everything is falling apart, we choose yes. to worship you. Yes, yes, yes. You are worthy, Lord God. Hallelujah. You Thank you, Jesus. your name this morning. Hallelujah. Come and fill this place with your presence. Thank Speak you, to Jesus. Us, Lord. Yes. Stir us and change us in here. Hallelujah. Thank you. We lift up your name and worship you, Lord. Yes. Touch each person right there very deep where Thank they you, need to hear from you, Lord. Yes, Speak. Jesus. Hallelujah. Stir us and change us this morning. Yes. We Praise treasures of faith. 
Send that over and over and over and over.
do the first verse again. God, I'm on my knees again. God, I'm begging, please again. I need you. Oh, I need you. Yeah. Walking down these desert roads, water for my thirsty soul. I need you. Oh, I need you. Your forgiveness. Yes, hallelujah. It's like sweet, sweet honey on my lips.
of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever bring. We live for you. Your 
Nothing this world has to offer can satisfy that, that need, that desire in us, that hungering and thirsting to be filled. Lord, only you can do that. The pleasures of this world can't do it. Success or fame in this world can't do it. Financial gain won't do it. Having all the toys won't do it. But you, Lord, yes. you can satisfy that yes. longing in our thank soul. You, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you yes, that you created us Hallelujah. with a hole in our heart that only you can fill, Lord. Yes, there is a need, a, a desire in us that we can't understand it, but it's, it's just there in you, Lord, are the only one that can fill it. We've all tried the other stuff. We all keep coming back to you, Lord, because you're the one. Yes. You're the one that fills that longing in yes. us. Yes. You're the one that heals that brokenness yes. in our heart, Thank Lord. Jesus, hallelujah. It's all in you. Yes, Jesus. So, Lord, this morning as we wait on you, we choose. We choose to wait on you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And allow you the opportunity to speak into each one of us. Reach them with your loving, gentle hands. Reach right inside of us. Touch those areas that are broken and wounded. Touch those areas that need to be healed. Uh, brokenness in other areas of our life. Broken finances. Broken, broken relationships. Broken uh, careers. Broken everything. We are all broken in so many ways. And yet, Lord, you can reach right into those areas. You can touch and heal and deliver us. So Lord, we need you this morning. We need you to touch us. I pray that you speak to each person here now, Lord. Jacob wrestled with the, the angel all night long. And that word wait, I will wait on the Lord. It, it literally means to wrestle and to be twisted up and tangled up. And so, Lord, we choose. To be tangled up with you. We choose yes. to wrestle with you. We choose to hold on to you. We're not going to yes. let go until you feel that longing in our heart. We're going to hold on to you throughout our life here until yes. we reach glory. Thank you, Jesus. Because we're not going to give up. Yes. We will overcome because yes. we're going to stay the course. We are going to keep following you. Yes. Keep holding on to you. Yes. And you will lead us and guide us. Lord, yes. I thank you. You're changing us from the inside out. Thank you, Jesus. We choose. Hallelujah. We choose, Lord, to give you freedom. Come and speak into our hearts. Speak into the areas that, that need to be healed. Things that we might not even know. Areas that are so deep. We've, we've held back those thoughts and memories for so long because they were painful. And Lord, yet you want to come and you want to say to us, I see that. And it's not bothering me. Don't let it bother you. You're saying, I want to heal you. I want to make you whole. There's no more shame in your past. There's no more guilt. When Jesus died on the cross, he took Hallelujah. our guilt and shame. Thank you, Jesus. He nailed it to the cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing us. Lord, I thank you that you made a way for us to experience all of your goodness and glory. I thank you, Lord, that just your desire, it pleases you to pour out your glory on your children. It pleases you to reveal yourself to your children. You said you have revealed the mysteries of the kingdom to us, Lord. And I thank you for that. 
There was a time in my life when it was all hidden and dark and I couldn't understand it. But you are revealing the mysteries of the kingdom, Lord, to all of us. As we see you as you are, we can be changed to be like you. Thank you, Jesus. Now, he is breathing life and refreshing to all of us. Right here in his presence, Carol's playing that beautiful music, and it just draws your spirit into a place of just experiencing God and all of his glory and goodness. refreshing. Thank you for your refreshing, Lord. I thank you that, that you are speaking life to us, Lord. You breathe life into us as we worship. You speak life into us through your word, and you encourage us by the, the greeting and the love that we express to one another as your people, Lord. We are all members of your body. I thank you, Lord, that you have called us, called us to fellowship with one another. You called us into communion with you. It's not just for some special people, but you call all of us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You called all of us and you said, come. Come to me. Lord, this morning I say yes. I choose. I choose to say yes to you, Lord. I give myself fully to you. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, Lord. And everything in my life, I want to be wrapped up in you, Lord. You are all. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. amen. Thank you, guys. Well, I got to say, I am not surprised. I'm never surprised the way that God shows up, although I did have a great expectation that that was going to happen because we had a great time of prayer this morning. Had some other things happen. I, I don't know what's going on. I couldn't print bulletins. The printer and computer weren't talking to each other. And so uh, you didn't get a bulletin today. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to tell you what's happening, though. Good things. <laughs> Good things are happening. Wednesday night, we have uh, our regular Awana and adult stuff. We're still going to keep praying for the nation. I'm not, uh, I'm not quite through praying yet. We're, uh, we're going to keep pressing into the Lord. And there's, uh, there's a truth that we all need to grab a hold of in relation to this election. And that is that uh, our thoughts and our ways are not the same as God's. And, you know, there are a lot of people that spoke prophetically. And uh, it appears that some of them may have missed it. Some have apologized. Some are saying, well, you know, I was focused on this election cycle and maybe I, maybe I was presumptuous in that regard. So I don't know how this is all going to work out except that God is calling his people to a time of revival, a time to, to press into him and to begin to sow into the spirit, not our flesh. And that's part of our problem. The church for years and years has been basically sowing the flesh. We've been making everything seeker-friendly and trying to, you know, to make it a, a feel-good gospel. And the gospel feels good, believe me, but we want to be preaching and teaching the truth, the gospel, not, not some other version of that. And so I just want to encourage you to not lose hope. The circumstances may not be what you want, but how many of you have had situations in life where things didn't go the way you hoped and you survived? Amen. You're still here, right? So uh, it's amazing what we can endure and what we can come through and even what we can thrive in if we allow God to pour his grace out on us and we keep our focus on him. If you get your focus on men, you will be disappointed and you'll be frustrated and you'll be bitter and you probably will feel like God lets you down. But if you have your focus on him and you keep that throughout your struggles, you won't feel like God has forsaken you or disappointed you. Because hope does not disappoint. And our hope needs to be fixed in him. If our hope is fixed in him, it won't disappoint. All right. We're in... Uh, Colossians 1, <clears throat> and so we're going to start in verse 21 today, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm really, really enjoying this. I hope you guys are. Uh, it's, uh, it's exciting to go through Scripture and pick out, you know, some key words and figure out more about what those words mean and how it applies to us, and, and I think the Lord is speaking to you and me both about uh, a lot of different things and it helps us have a greater understanding of his word because the the words that are used here for the most part are the same words that are used throughout the new testament 
There are, there are always a word here or there that are they're just used once or maybe twice, but most of the key words that we talk about, they're used in a lot of other verses too. And so if you figure out what it means here, probably means the same thing or something similar in another verse. It's always a good idea to, to investigate what God is saying to us. There's a Bible teacher that was very influential in my, my life, and uh, he used to say, <clears throat> if life is a mystery, we ought to all be detectives. And I believe that. I think we need to always be searching God's word for more and more revelation, more truth. Um, I'm always amazed. You can, you can see a verse that you've read you know, numerous times, and all of a sudden something totally different will come out. This morning, Brian and I were in the prayer room, and Jeff and Richard, and had a great time of prayer. <clears throat> Brian shared a passage of scripture from Exodus where Moses is praying. He's asking God to reveal his glory to him. And, you know, I was familiar with that. I've talked about it and we've shared it before. But the thing that struck me today, though, was God answered him and said, I will do exactly what you just said. Think about that. God says he's going to do exactly what we say when we're saying something that God wants to do. When we get in line with his agenda and his plan and purpose in our life, Moses, he probably could have gotten his prayer answered way before if he'd asked it. But when he finally said, God, I want to see your glory. Show me who you are. God said, I'm going to give you this thing that you asked. I'm going to do exactly what you said. Maybe we ought to figure out what God wants and start praying and talking that way. God might do exactly what we say if we begin to say what God says. And the thing about that is, it's not just Moses. If you read through the Bible, the other day I was reading in, I believe it's First Kings, where Solomon prays for wisdom and knowledge. And, and God gives him not only wisdom and knowledge, but, right. but honor and, and riches. That's right. Because he, he began to pray what God was wanting to do in his life. He understood the significance of all that. Colossians 1 verse 21. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. But we're starting in, uh, in verse 22 today in our discussion of the, of the key words. So in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. The body of his death his flesh through death. So the flesh, the Greek word is sarx. It's, 
it's a meaning, it means humanity. It also can mean, you know, physical flesh, you know, like meat, flesh, like you would cook and eat. That would be flesh also. But in this sense, it is obviously meant as uh, the human nature. It makes up mankind, the human or mortal nature. So when he says, in the body of his flesh through death, he is talking about his physical body, his flesh through death. When Jesus died and presented his body, something wonderful and miraculous happened. It's interesting because we talked about right along these same lines last night at the men's meeting, and I, I, I'm always pleasantly surprised at how God works with the Holy Spirit and brings all things together. And I think that's the way it should be. And the Lord is revealing stuff to his people. It's not just us in this body. He's revealing stuff through his body throughout the whole earth. And there is a move of the Holy Spirit that happens it goes beyond what happens in this little body here, or maybe even in our area. You know, we, we're connected to some different uh, community ministries, and we kind of got a little bit of a, a pulse on what's going on. You know, we're, we're connected here and here, and we hear from other people about things. But there is no limit to the way the Holy Spirit works because he works throughout the entire earth and all the body of Christ. People that don't even speak the same language that we speak. <coughs> But the Holy Spirit can communicate to them just like he communicates to us. And so the Lord moves that way. And so it goes back to that thing I was just sharing that we need to figure out what God is saying and what God is doing. And that's the way we, we need to begin to pray and speak and walk and do so that we're in line with his plan and we're moving the same way he's moving. And then everything will become clearer and his glory will be displayed more and more. His power will be uh, obvious. There'll be more miraculous signs and wonders following those who believe when we are in line with him and we're doing what he's called us to do. We together are much stronger than we are as individuals. And you never, you never know that any more than when you're going through a really hard trial. You have something very difficult in your personal life and, and there's no one that can help you. I mean, people can love on you and people can do nice things for you, but it's just between you and the Lord and nobody else can really do it. But, but when you know that people love you and they're, they're holding you up in prayer and they're sustaining you physically and doing all kinds of things, it makes it better. It's really difficult to go through hard things, but it's even worse to go through them alone. Loneliness and hopelessness are the two, the two main causes of suicide or suicidal thoughts. You feel like you're all alone, and you feel like nothing's ever going to change. You're just hopeless. And yet, those are the two things that we as the body of Christ, we ought to do really great with. Because we have hope, and we shouldn't be alone. We have Jesus living within us all the time, and we have a whole group of people that we love and are connected to. And yet, you know, obviously, there are people that, that become 
lonely and hopeless even within the church. And that's, that's sad because there is, there is an answer for that, and it's in Jesus. So <clears throat> Jesus did all this stuff that we're talking about in the body of his flesh through death. And death is the, it's the event of dying or the departure of life. So you can't be sort of dead or sort of alive. You know, it's either one or other. You get, you, and you really don't get to choose for that matter. <clears throat> you're either alive or you're dead. And sometimes it's kind of hard to tell the difference when you're really feeling bad. You're thinking, I'm, you know, I might be going. But, um, but you know, that's, that is what Jesus did, though. He came and he lived and he gave himself his, his body, his very flesh, his humanity, his, his very existence, everything that he was. He gave it all for us. He departed from life. Life departed from him so that we could have all of these great things that he provided in that sacrifice. So we could have forgiveness and reconciliation so that we could be transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light so that we could be healed by his stripes we are healed so that we could be, have our, our sins forgiven and remitted. Yeah. I've shed my blood for the, for the remission of sins. Yeah. All those things... Oh, yeah, so that we can be connected, too. So that we can be connected as his people. All of that is through his body, his flesh, dying on the cross. Amen. That's why we celebrate, you know, communion. That's why we celebrate Easter. That's why we celebrate these different things, because we're trying to remember exactly what he did, why he did it, uh, and understand all that it means to us. And that's an ongoing study. Uh, you, could, you could work on that your whole life and you would still be understanding more and more and more. All that Christ did in his sacrifice for us. In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. So he wants to present you and me. He wants to present us. That means to formally present something or someone to a superior, to place beside or near, to exhibit or stand beside. So I got this idea in my mind that it works kind of like this. Uh, Jesus, he takes you and he stands beside you and he goes right to the very throne where the father is sitting and he says, Father, I want to present to you my good friend here, I want to present them to you. That's what, that's what Jesus did when he died on the cross. He did that so that he could present us to his Father. He made a new and living way that we can enter into. Before that, you know, it was, it was all about a bunch of animal sacrifices and trying to earn stuff. I mean, it was all through grace, but the way men approached it was, it was like, well, it was law. Yes. It was law and it was death. I'm so glad that Jesus presents us to his Father. And he can do that. Only he can do that. Buddha can't do that. Allah can't do that. Nothing, no one, nobody can do that except Jesus. Because he alone 
gave his body, his flesh in death so that we are able to be presented in Christ. And he wants to present us holy. Now, some people freak out about that, but holy really just means consecrated or set apart. It's having, having some characteristics of moral or ritual purity. So it doesn't mean you're perfect. It means that he says you're forgiven and that you're accepted. And he has set you apart. Now, what I would like to remind you of is that he, that thing about being set apart, you know, that's an ongoing process. You know, it's not a one-time event and then you can just go about your business as normal. We are supposed to walk in a way that sets us apart from the old man that we were. So, you know, when you were a sinner, you didn't know any better. It was okay to, you know, do all the things you did. But now, as a believer, he has called us to be holy. That's the way Christ presents us to the Father. And if you want to have that same communion where you can stand in the very presence of God and experience his presence, you need to be walking in a life of purity. Because your sin, it does separate you from God on some level. I'm not saying it's going to cause you to go to hell necessarily. I'm just saying it messes up your fellowship. And I don't want my fellowship with the Father messed up. I want it to be, I want it to be great. So... He wants us to be separated from the world. We live in this world. We walk among worldly people. And yet, we're supposed to be different. He saved us so that we could be changed, not so we can just stay the same miserable, sinful wretch that we were. We're supposed to be different. So, he wants to present us holy. He also wants to present us blameless. And blameless means unblemished, free from physical or moral defects, without blemish, unblameable. Unblameable. I like that. that that's not the same as blameless, really. Blameless means you're not blamed. Unblameable means you can't be blamed. It's not even possible for you to be blamed. I'll sign up for that. Because I, I don't get it right all the time. I make mistakes. I'm human. I'm flawed. And so my relationship with the Lord puts me in a position where I am presented before the Father as unblameable. Because Jesus is standing right there beside me saying, I'm presenting him and I'm covering it all. Pretty good. Nobody else can do that for you. And nobody else would do it for you. Blameless. Above reproach. That means you're unaccusable. Not subject to being accused. You're not deserving of accusal. You're worthy of a charge or a wrongdoing. That means you're, I mean, however you want to state it, no one can really bring a charge against you. Now, the devil is the accuser of the brethren, and he does that, but God doesn't listen to it. We listen to it, and it messes with our head, but God is not, uh, he's not listening to what the devil is saying about us because he knows everything about us. He knows what's in our heart. He knows what we're thinking. He knows what we've done or what we're going to do. He knows it all. We're above reproach. 
We're not worthy of a charge of wrongdoing. We cannot be called into a give account. I like that. You can't be called in and forced to give an account because Jesus has already given an account for you. Once for all. That's, that's really powerful if you think about that. And so, you know, we, we fret over, over all of our problems. We fret over our past. We fret over what we said or did, you know, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, or this morning, or, you know, whatever. And the enemy begins to bring those accusations against us and say, yeah, well, you can't really worship God or, or God's not going to really you know, treat you the same now because you sinned. Remember what you did or what you said? And so in our mind, we're, we're struggling with this. But in the mind of the Lord, he's just saying, door's wide open. Come on down. I mean, it's, it's open for you to come into the very presence of the Lord because he... Lord Jesus has presented us blameless, without reproach. We're not able to be called in to give an account. And by the way, if you, if you sin and you feel like you need to give an account, which, you know, I mean, we want everything to be right between us and the Lord, you don't have to come groveling and begging, and you don't have to fret over any of, of your past. You just say, Lord... Here I am, you know, I messed up, I did this thing, and, you know, I want to be cleansed. Wash me in your blood, heal me, restore me, because I, I don't want anything to separate this relationship that we have. I want to be right back just like we were, like Adam and Eve in the garden, just walking, talking in the cool of the day. It was all cool, walking with the Lord. That's the way he wants us to be. He wants us just to walk with him. And everything that we do, the, the job that you do to make your living, the job that you do to uh, take care of your household, the job that you do to maintain, all those things, he wants to just walk with us. He doesn't, there's not any part of our life that is meant to be separated from this walk with him. He wants to be part of all of it. And if you're walking places that he can't go, you might want to think about that. He wants to walk with you all day long, every day, everywhere you go. And if your feet or your hands or your ears or your eyes or your big mouth is walking places you don't need to be taking the Lord, then you need to be praying about that and asking the Lord to show you and heal you so that you can change. He has provided a way for us to change. You don't have to be the same way you've always been. I'm glad I learned that because there was a time in my life when I used those excuses. Well, that's just the way I am. I've always been that way. I can't change that. Why don't you change? You don't like the way I am. Why don't you change? It's not good for relationships. Uh, and it's especially not good for a relationship with the Father. And that's, just think, how offensive it is for your, you know, your husband or wife or, or co-worker or somebody when you say, well, I'm not going to change. You know, you need to change. Think how offensive that is to God when we say that to him. And you might not have the gall to actually say those words to him, but that's what you're saying if you're unwilling to change. 
And when I realized that there were areas in my life that were out of alignment, even though I'd been that way all my life and I'd made excuses for it, and I thought, you know, I'm just a rebel. I'm just a bullhead and a rebel, and I'm stubborn, and I'm hard-hearted, and that is not the way I'm supposed to be. And so I began to pray, God, change my heart. Cause me to think differently. Cause me to be different. And I, I began to work on trying to renew my mind so that I don't think of myself in that same way, and I don't think the same way towards other people, don't behave the same way. You can change. We can all change. We're not going to be perfect. But we don't have to be as messed up as we were. That gives me hope. Because I was pretty messed up. And now I'm only a little bit messed up. No. I, you know, I'm just saying. It's, you're not going to get it right in everything. But that's the hope, though, is that every day is a new opportunity. Every day it's a chance to start over. His mercy is afresh every morning. Every day it's a time we can say, man, maybe today is the day. Today is the day I can make it through this day and not stub my toe a hundred times. Maybe today is the day that I'll hear God's voice more clearly and obey. Maybe today is the day that I can love like I'm supposed to. That gives me hope. Because every day it's a new opportunity. No matter how poorly or how great I did the day before, to the next day it's a new chance. I can do better. Man, I'm hopeful about that. Because I don't... I don't want to be looking back all the time and, and thinking about all my failures. I want, to be, I want to be looking forward to the future and be thinking about all my successes that are going to happen. That's what the Lord is saying about us. Because he, he sees you as he, as he intends for you to be. He sees an eternal destiny for you. He doesn't see you as you were. He sees you as you will be. That's what we're working towards. You need to grab a hold of that and begin to really let that sink into you because... It gives you hope. And when you have a bad day or a really rough time, it gives you hope that it's going to be different. It's not going to be like that all the time. So we are supposed to be presented holy, blameless, and above reproach in His sight. That means directly in front of, before the presence of, before one is a witness, or God is judged. So he's saying this several times in several different ways so that we understand it. Jesus presents us before the Father. He presents us holy and blameless, above reproach. We're not able to be blamed or brought into account. And it's right there in his sight. He is presenting us right before the Father as a witness. He is a witness for us. And we are giving a witness of ourselves because we're standing there before the Father and saying, here I am. And look, I've got the blood on me. I've got the blood of the Lamb. And so when he sees the blood, it's just like, like in, uh, in Egypt. He says, I'll pass over when I see the blood. So all these accusations that the devil brings against you, like, eh, not so much. But if you let them get in your head, they will affect you. But you, you need to learn to stand in God's provision for you through what Christ did on the cross. And when you remember what he did and how much power there is in that and what that means, that you don't have to be brought into account by the judgment or the accusations of the devil, that you present yourself, you choose to present yourself before the Father and say, here I am. 
I want to be cleansed. I want to be whole. I want to be made pure. I want to be in right relationship with you. I don't want anything that would hinder that. I want to walk with you in the fullness of this beautiful relationship you've invited me to be part of. That's pretty cool. That's amazing that God chose us. He chose us even though we weren't worthy, even though he knew we would stumble and fall, even though he knew we would rebel from time to time, and yet he chose us because he loves us. He told Israel, he said, I didn't choose you because you were great, because you were cool, or because you were smart, or because you were a great nation. I chose you because I loved you. That's the same reason he chooses us. It's not because of our worth. It's not because of our great skills, our high intelligence, our great looks. He chose us because he loves us. And you think about that in our lives then, that's our calling, to love people in that same way. We're not just called to love the ones that look like us, or believe like us, or talk like us, or vote like us. We're called to love the same way that God loved. It's a high, it's a high calling. And it's hard, because some people can be really challenging. You know, I'm just being honest, they can. And, you know, we have, we have people all over the world that want to kill us and just wipe us off of the planet. But we're still supposed to love those people and pray for them, that they would be saved. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a challenge sometimes. But we can do that because God has placed his love within us. <clears throat> so Paul goes on, he says... If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard. So if you continue in the faith, continue in a certain state or condition or activity, it means to stay, remain, persist, persevere. Have you ever, have you ever seen the movie uh, Outlaw Josie Wells? Anyway, if you like Clint Eastwood, you know, it's one of his movies. And there's this, this old uh, Indian, and he was talking about his, his uh, past. And he said, you know, we, we were this great tribe, and then, you know, we, we started losing our land. And, the, you know, the, the, the United States government told us, you know, that's all going to be okay. It's like, well, how's it going to be okay? Uh, you're giving us this crummy land to live in. And, and he said, he told us, you must... Endeavor to persevere. And he said, we made that our motto, but he said, I don't know what it means. <laughs> Endeavor to persevere. And, you know, I mean, that's, it's funny because that is really a great expression. We should endeavor to persevere because we need to persevere and persist. We need to continue in the faith. But if you don't understand what that means, then, you know, you're just going to have a cool saying. And it's not going to really help you very much. Persevering, you know, I mean, that's, that means you're sticking it out. You don't just give up. Um, perseverance is a, uh, it is a huge character quality that we need to have. 
If you're not willing to persevere or endure, if you're not willing to stay the course, you're going to miss out on most of the good things in life. You know, all, all of your, your jobs, all of your financial stuff, all of your relationships, especially the relationship with the Lord, if you don't persevere, if you don't stick it out, if you don't stay the course, you're going you're gonna to miss out on all the good things that God wants to do. I mean, you, you have to stay the course. If, because it's, it's a sign of maturity is what it is. When you have a little child and you set them down and you say, okay, let's do this, you know, and they, boy, they're all excited. And then, you know, 30 seconds later, they're up and running off. And it's like, whoa, come back here. We're not done, you know. I, well, that's what children do. But some of us have done the same thing, you know. We, we, we start into a job and like, oh, I don't like that job. <laughs> We're off to another one, you know. I don't like that one. I'm off to another one. Or, or you know, I'm you know, changing from one thing to the next. Just your life is just flitting back and forth from all these different things. And you have to learn to persevere. That comes from maturity. It's when you begin to realize, I'm not going to get anywhere if I don't stay on some kind of a course. And the course can be adjusted. It's a whole lot easier to, to take a little, a little angle in one way than it is to just turn and go a whole different direction, you know, or throw, throw this all back and say, I'm picking up something brand new and starting over. And with the Lord, that's what you have to understand. Endeavor to persevere. That means you have to stay the course. You have to understand that not everything is going to go just the way you want. A matter of fact, I can just about guarantee you it won't go just the way you want. There may be some times that it goes the way you want, and there'll be a lot of other times that it's going to go totally different. And it can be for all different reasons. But the bottom line is that we need to make our minds up and say, I choose to stay the course. I choose to continue steadfast in the faith. I'm not going to deviate. Now, that's the other thing William shared with us last night. He said, you know, Jesus said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He said, I'm, you know, he is, he is our beginning, he's our end, he's everything in our life, and we have to choose that he is going to be it. And then we talked about that other verse in Revelation where it says, uh, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony, and you didn't love your life even unto death. That's what that means. You choose... You choose to persevere even if it means death to you, death to your dreams, death to your personal ambitions, death to your personal desires or comfort. If you're all about comfort and what you want, you're not going to go very far with the Lord. And I'm not saying that God wants you to be miserable. But God is a lot more concerned about getting you where you need to be than he is about your comfort. Matter of fact, Jesus told you, in this life you will have tribulations, right? That means struggle. That means difficulties. That means challenges. You will have them. But he didn't just stop there. He said, but be of good cheer. Get excited about it because I've overcome the world. And I'm with you. And we have a chance to do great things together. When you walk with him, he can do great things in and for and through you. 
But if you give up every time you have a struggle, then you're not going to ever grow into any maturity where you're going to see all those great things that God wants to do. You have to persevere. You have to stay. You have to continue in the faith. Continue in the faith. Faith is our trust and in the gospel. It's trust in Jesus. It's faithfulness. It's being persuaded. It's a commitment. It's not just... It's not just a, a, like a head knowledge. I mean, it's, it's something that's active in our lives because we believe what God says, we act on that. Our faith becomes active and we actually do things. We live out our faith. You can walk in death or you can walk in life. You choose. That's what, that's what the children of Israel were told when they were going to the promised land. It's your choice, life or death. Good or bad. And Joshua said, but man, me and my family, we're, we're choosing the Lord. We're not going to choose death. We're going to choose life. And that's what we need to do. Every day when you get up and you start your day, you need to be thinking, Lord, today, today, I choose to walk in faith. Today, I choose life. I choose to persevere today. I choose to grow into maturity. I choose to be the man or the woman that you called me to be. I choose to be the mom, the dad. I choose to be the, the, the son, the daughter. The brother, I choose to be the co-worker or the boss. Whoever you are, you're supposed to be the best at that that God has called you to be. But you have to choose to do that. I mean, if you wake up one day, it's like, ah, oh, not today. You know, I mean, everybody likes a day off, you know, but, but if you make that kind of a choice, you may get your whole life off, you know, I mean... <laughs> Now, you, can lose, you can lose a job, you can lose a career, you can lose a family, you can lose all kinds of things because you just, you know, one day it's like, oh, I don't want to do that today. You know, I'm just going to blow that off today. We are called to continue in the faith, to be steadfast, not to just kind of halfway do it. We need to be all in. Jesus and there, there's no comparison, but Jesus was all in for us because he gave everything for us. He didn't say, I'm going to give myself for the good guys. That would have eliminated all of us. He, he said, I'm going to give myself for the entire world. Anybody who wants to can come. And that's the offer. Anybody who wants to can come. And so we just need to keep saying yes. You know, I came... I came 48 years ago, and I come every morning, and I say, here it is. It's a new start, a new day, and I'm choosing to say yes to you. Today, I choose to allow you to be Lord of my life. Today, I choose to let you control me. Today, I choose to say the things that you're telling me to say. And when I mess up and I, and I rebel or I slip, I choose to present myself before you again and say, here I am. Can we start over right now? Can we just start over? And can we, can we go forward? I want to walk with you. I still choose you. More than anything else, I choose you. If you'll begin to pursue God that way, your life will see great changes because you'll begin to mature and you'll begin to understand that even though you don't get everything in your life the way you want it, God's still God. And he's still wonderful and great and he's, and he's powerful 
And he is so kind and good and loving. And he just pours out his blessing and favor on us. And maybe it's not new Cadillacs and big fancy houses. Maybe it's just having a roof over your head. Maybe it's just having gas in your car so you can go to your crummy job. Whatever it might be. It's better than not having a crummy job to go to. Hey, God blesses us. And we don't understand how much he's blessing us because we're so spoiled. We need to get our eyes off of all the temporal things and the worldly things and begin to realize that we serve a God that is so great and good and he has poured out stuff in our lives that we don't even recognize and yet he's just taking care of us. Now here we are. We're here. We're alive. We're able to sit in God's presence. He made that available to us. If everything else in your life was a horrible mess, that would be worth it all. One day in your courts is worth a thousand elsewhere. One day. Just think about that. Man, we are so spoiled. We've got to get over ourselves. And we've got to start letting our, letting our faith be in Him and be more disciplined and in control and say, Lord, I choose you. I choose to lay my life down for you a little bit. You gave everything for me. Can I just... Can I just do that today? Can I just try to do that today? And I'm not saying you're earning anything. I'm just saying present yourself to him and say, I'm, I'm choosing to continue in the faith. I'm choosing today. Worship team, y'all can come back. The next word there is grounded. You continue in the faith. Grounded. That means to be strengthened. To lay a foundation. I know about that. Because my family is in the concrete business. I know what it means to lay a foundation. And I know what it means to not have a good foundation. My dad used to tell a funny story. Years ago, he had an employee that, he's a new guy, and he went out on a job. He was kind of running the job, and they were pouring some piers. You know, piers are supposed to go all the way down to rock, and they support the structure. Well, guy came in, and everything go okay? Oh, yeah, I went fine. Did you have enough concrete? Well, we ran a little short, but it wasn't any problem. He said, I just started kicking the dirt in the bottom of the pier hole and, uh, and poured concrete on top. And he's like, you know, what are you, you did what? <laughs> I mean, he didn't understand the idea of a firm foundation, did he? And I think sometimes we do the same thing. You know, we sabotage the foundation that God is trying to lay in our lives because we just want to take shortcuts. It would have been a lot better to have just said, I need some more concrete. <laughs> and sometimes we need to do the same thing. We need to say, I need some help, Lord. I can't do this on my own. I've tried, and I pretty much just keep kicking dirt in the bottom of the hole. And that's why my hole keeps sinking. <laughs> and I sink into the hole with it. You know, we, I could tell you all kinds of funny stories about pure holes, but I'm not going to. Anyway, we have to learn to continue in our faith and to be strengthened and grounded, to be steadfast, endeavor to endure. So Lord, I just ask that you give us an insight into what this means, Lord, for each one of us. And it probably is going to mean something totally different to each one of us. For one of us, it'll mean... It'll mean something really specific to another one. It may be more of a general thing. But Lord, I pray that each one of us would go out of here 
stirred to our very, the very core of our being, that we would be committed to persevere, that we'd be committed to, to continue in the faith, to keep presenting ourselves before you on a daily basis, that we would say, yes, Lord, here I am. I want to walk with you. And I'm not wanting to take any shortcuts. I'm not wanting to, to, to look back. I want to be looking at you and looking where we're going together and where you're leading me and how I need to walk with you. Every day, Lord, it's a new opportunity to walk closer to you, to have more of you, more of your power displayed in my life. Lord, seal that word in our hearts. Let us go out of your chains now in Jesus' name. Let's stand and worship.
if you don't know the Lord today, it's, it's as simple as just saying yes to Him. The Lord wants to present you before His Father. Jesus wants to present you to His Father. And the way that happens is you say, Jesus, come live in my heart. Forgive my sin. I want to serve you all the days of my life. And when you do that, then He presents you to the Father. The Bible says that you are born again. <laughs> And you are a new creation. Thank you, Lord. If you want to pray that prayer, someone will meet you at the altar. Someone uh, will meet you if you want to pray about other things. If you have a physical need or some, some other area of your life you want special prayer for, someone will meet you and pray with you. <coughs> Otherwise, wherever you are, as we sing this last song in worship, just let God speak to you about your situation. Let Him speak those words that you need to hear about your situation. Let him heal you, in Jesus' name. There's no space that his love can't reach. There's no place that we can't find peace. There's no end to amazing
Hallelujah. I am holding on. The Lord, we choose today to give our yes to you. We choose yes, to say we will continue. We will overcome. Hallelujah. By your blood. Yes. Sir. By the word of our testimony and by our choice to not love our lives even mm -hmm. unto the death. Lord, we yes. choose you yes, above Jesus. all else. Thank you, Jesus. We say yes to you. Hallelujah. Today, tomorrow, yes. next week, yes. for the rest of our lives, Lord, Amen. we give our yes to you, and we're going to give it to you on a daily basis. Amen. We Amen. choose to continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Receive the blessing of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. Amen. Go and be blessed. Have a great week. Do not give up. Amen. Amen. Be people of hope. Be people of hope. Amen. Let's believe. Let's pray. Let's press in to God. Amen. God bless you.